This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. Let's say you're a city councilor and you're writing a bylaw concerning the use of public land by religious groups. There's a church in town that has an Easter fair every year in the park, but there have been complaints. They take over an entire area, covering it with Bible references, Jesus statues, and so on. People who live in that area that aren't members of the church would like to use the park as well, but don't feel comfortable dealing with the church's overt ploy to convert them. A Jewish family wanted to have a picnic, but as they put it, were so accosted by people trying to spread the good word using balloon animals, they had to leave. It's also a drain on city funds, disrupts multiple departments, and doesn't actually produce any additional money for the city since the attendees are all locals. So okay, we should either close off most of the park or restrict the entire area to non-religious use only, right? The church can find somewhere else to throw its party, or just stop the overt use of one specific religion during the course of the celebration. Then a thought creeps into your mind. Your sister is a member of that church, and she and the congregation will be extremely disappointed if there is any restriction on the park use. You know she'll be pissed. It's a big party for them. This gives you some pause. It'll hurt them, just like the Jewish family that complained. So what do you do? So the question I pose to you, dear listener, is this. Why does it matter? The use of the park is being abused, residents are being chased away, but for some reason you're concerned about the feelings of a small subset of the population. Again, why? I shouldn't have to say this, but when you're trying to determine what is right and what's wrong, empathy can be just as much of a hindrance as it can be a benefit. Instinctually understanding how someone will feel cannot be the end-all and be-all of how you form your ethics or write laws that should equally benefit everyone. Hello! Welcome to this week's episode of I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the chaotic neutral podcast where we discuss chaotic good that's what i said <laughs> chaotic good podcast where we discuss um stuff and things like morality and politics as a whole definitely chaotic good yeah we do good but we don't think that the law or like you know strict morality as it exists currently is the um end all be all Yes. We're looking at weird solutions for weird problems, which kind of is a fantastic segue into our topic for today. Today, we're talking about 
morality and ethics, a very interesting topic that for sure didn't put me to sleep in college. (laughs) It's something I think about a lot, so this is going to be interesting. Me too. So today we're talking about one of morality's sort of given in like modern thought, Mm -hmm. and that is about empathy as a part of one's moral system or um, their uh, moral reasoning. And I'm here because I kind of am starting to doubt that um, empathy is really what we need more of in today's moral reasoning or trying to figure out good, sensible solutions to problems that have to do with one's morality. I mean, we we have talked about morality before, but really in terms of how your actions affect society and not how you feel about how your actions affect society. I think that that's like kind of actually a theme that we run through the whole podcast, like the morality of voting yeah. episode. That's not about how you feel about voting. It's about if you should or if you should not, depending on what criteria you should. Yeah, you should if you can. But uh, mm-hmm. then there's the sectarianism Uh, purity testing episode there is a morality there but it's not a we try to keep away from how we feel about other people or how we can connect to other people because that might hinder the the actual work that needs to get done yeah so that's a good point uh genre we didn't introduce ourselves that's fine (laughs) you know who we are and if you don't you don't need to okay (laughs) um but that's a good point genre um we've kind of been flirting with types of moral or ethical thought without ever like naming what our systems of ethics are or our systems of morality are so like mask off i'm a consequentialist this means that i believe that morality it can be justified entirely based on the outcomes of an action and less so the actions itself for instance killing people i can say that killing people is bad because it leads to somebody dying which is usually a bad thing right mm-hmm. yeah now the nuance in the system would be what happens if this person was holding a gun to you and they were about to shoot it, would it then be moral for you to kill them? Dogmatic morality would dictate that it's always wrong to kill somebody, but, like, if your killing them had to do with, like, you know, protecting yourself, not wanting to literally die, um, there's some ambiguity there that can't be um, negotiated within, like, super stringent rules of morality. Therefore, I say, you know, consequentially... To you, it'd be pretty shit if you died. Therefore, it's morally <laughs> justified within probably your moral reasoning to kill that person. Has nothing to do with the dogmatic principle that murder is wrong. It's you or him. Uh, that's another thing that we flirted with, dogma, and mm. how it's not it <laughs> Yeah, at all. Dogmatic thought is not uh, useful or beneficial. Yeah. Dogmatic meaning, of course, moral prescriptions, which you follow because you have a set of principles that perhaps you didn't come up with or maybe you came up with. But like 
you follow them to the letter with no room for like questions. For instance, if you were a Christian and you were following the tenets of Christianity, your morality is dictated to you and nothing that exists in the real world can really get in the way of your moral reasoning. So like if God says homophobia is wrong, which he didn't, but if God <laughs> said homophobia was wrong in the Bible, nothing that exists in the real world can ever counter your prescription because that's what came from your uh, moral principles, which you believe to the letter to be the truth. And there is no room for questioning that. I think that that's Dogma silly. doesn't allow for nuance. Yeah, I don't think that that's a good way of dealing with things and i also think that it has a lot of bad consequences therefore it's immoral consequentialism there you go but this consequentialism is what has kind of led me to doubting empathy as being the main marker of our morality and before the show we were talking and you're about to ask me a question about what do you mean by empathy and that's a really yeah, great question because empathy, empathy means a yeah. lot of shit to a lot of people it does but i think that when you strip all of the fixing off what empathy means to most people is one's ability to feel the emotions that another person is feeling nobody wants to be unhappy so if you know how somebody's feeling you don't want them to be unhappy and so you'd make a decision to not make them unhappy you know hmm. I mean. It's not a good way to form a, like, a law. Yeah, but... Or anything. I mean, like, I, like empathy is... Empathy is in, important to me, uh, but... And yes, it is the the ability to see it's the it's the it's the walk a mile in another man's shoes kind of thing if you understand how this person thinks or or if you tried to connect with that person through how they interact with the world you'd be close to understanding how how to act with them i guess yeah but that's that can't be the basis of of a set of ethics i think the Empathy is a really popular prescription or like anchor by which a lot of people like base their morality. Like if you're a feminist, you say, hey, I like feminism because I'm a woman and I want fellow women to be able to like enjoy basic human rights. And the way a lot of men get to be feminists is they say oh well i'm empathizing with the situation of women and if i was in that situation that would be really hard for me therefore i would like women to have equality with me so we can all feel how nice it is to be equal which is true like empathy can help you figure out where somebody is coming from and then say like oh given this i would like to make the conditions for them better because i can imagine how it would feel like to be in their situation right I mean, that's a, empathy is a good path to figuring something like that out. But is it? it? It can be. Yeah. I mean, as a man and thinking about feminism, part of it is that must really suck. But that is part of the reason that that made me think more about feminism and how it, it's beneficial. But that's not how I solidified that thought, like in my life, because it's just... Yeah, it makes no sense not to do that. I mean, like, yeah, I could say it must suck for you, 
But then that that kind of implies that you're not as good as me and I want to feel good because now you feel like me. Yeah. But really, if you think about it, feminism is this makes no sense. We should make it make sense. I think it's interesting that you say that. I think that you have a more developed sense of empathy than most people, which makes this an interesting conversation because I've talked to a few people about like the way that they construct their moral sensibilities. And a lot of the time I get conversations where like, well, yeah, empathy is the most important part. Um, Once you walk in a mile in somebody's shoes, you can make decisions better because you understand where they're coming from. And this is the idea that I kind of wanted to talk through because I think that it's a really common one. At its base, empathy is your ability to understand somebody else's emotions in a situation. And in a vacuum, we understand that emotions are not the most reliable thing to make decisions on 100% of the time. Mm. Yeah. So like... They're definitely not. (laughs) So I came to start asking these questions of empathy when I started reading Paul Bloom's Against Empathy. Pretty good read. We'll link information for that in the in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. Haven't finished it. Very interested in it. And I wanted to talk about it before I got further into it because I have my own thoughts and I think that I disagree with him fundamentally in some places. But I think that it's an interesting question either way. But his argument against empathy is that though it's important to understand somebody's emotions, emotions are also not the place that you want to make large prescriptions about society from. And also sometimes our emotions distort reality massively. Mm -hmm. One of the examples I was thinking of when I was reading his book was this is a common scenario. You know a woman and she got molested on the train or something. You're talking to her about it and she says, yeah, you know, maybe I could have done things differently. Maybe I could have worn something different. I should have sat down. He looked a little bit weird. Maybe I should have been more aware of my surroundings. What is the sensible thing to say to this woman? Uh, it's not at all your fault. Exactly. Uh, you can't, you can't control the world. Exactly. But if you were to walk a mile in this woman's shoes, what we know of the psychology of people who have been molested is that often you do think it's your fault. And so if you were able to empathize with her on the level that she was at at that moment, you would also then say, yeah, maybe you could have done things different, (laughs) (laughs) which is an insane thing to say to somebody. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Nobody but like a a weird animatronic human being would do that because we all understand that this is ridiculous. And yet if empathy was truly the best way of coming to conclusions about things, the conclusion would have to be that she's right. Right. I get the feeling like you're saying that she's not right. And I agree to illustrate this point in like a more straightforward way because i think this is one that like a lot of people agree with okay let's talk about the discussion of gun legislation in the united states and because i'm being transparent today mask off i don't think that right now with the rise of united states fascism is the correct time to be disarming the proletariat but uh you know (laughs) that's just how i feel um anyways so i'm pro-gun i guess you would say i do think that there needs to be more controls about who gets guns and also like you know ammunition but 
as a general principle, I don't agree with taking guns away from people so the state can have the sole means of militaristic force in the country. That doesn't really feel good to me under Trump. Mm. That's another conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. But gun legislation. So when we talk about like gun control, a lot of the conversation revolves around semi-automatic weapons, automatic weapons, school shootings. It's the primary thing that people talk about, right? Yeah. School shootings also kill, like, nobody, statistically speaking. Like, statistically speaking, school shootings are negligible. It doesn't feel like that, of course, because when we watch the reports and we think about our, like, universal experience as being students in this country, that's fucking terrifying to believe that somebody could, like, walk into your school and take your life mm -hmm. in a place of learning. It's deeply emotional and we are deeply able to empathize with the situations of the people and also with the parents. And so our conclusion comes, well, we need to take away the automatic weapons because that's what causes these things, right? Um, Fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't help. <laughs> I mean, it would, it would help. But if we really wanted to tackle gun violence in this country, you take handguns away. Yeah. I live in Chicago. The bulk of shit that happens in Chicago is not like, you know... Like AKs going fucking off. Fucking yeah. gangbangers running around with fucking AKs. It's handguns, guys. Let's be honest. But... Yeah. So little of the conversation revolves around this, because as soon as guns get brought up, you know, the big emotional touchstone of school shootings gets brought into it because it's something easy for people to empathize with and you know if you're empathizing with the position of people there they're feeling very emotional what would have stopped this event if the person hadn't been able to get a gun it seems very obvious and it is if the guy couldn't get a gun then no he would have have shot your fucking kids yeah. Another thing that I've heard from people who are like taken aback, like right after Parkland, something that I actually heard somebody say was um, the Fed should be able to apprehend people who seem at risk for school shootings. What? Yeah. What? I heard this a lot. From like from idiots? No, from like semi-reasonable people who are trying to no. empathize with the situation of the people there. You have a different well, them saying that is <laughs> making them idiots. What the hell? Yeah. But <laughs> if you fought but I'm saying it's a very common way of reasoning. So the thought process, if I understand it correctly, where these people were trying to like empathize with the situation of the people there, and it's really not hard to. And when you're in that mindset and you're running through the possibilities of like what could have changed the situation, I mean, I bet a part of you, it does say like, you know, we all thought that kid was fucking bonkers. I wish that we could have stopped it before it happened. He needed help before it happened, but there were absolutely no mechanisms in order to do so. I've had this thought. I was at school. When I was in um, undergrad, there was this guy who um, was stalking my classmate. And the reason he did this is because he stopped taking his antipsychotics and something bad was going to happen. And I wanted 
somebody to do something really badly, even though he hadn't done anything yet. And I didn't really care about the implications of that. The reason why it's a stupid thing to say is because the feds absolutely cannot have the ability to go round people up before shit happens. That's an insane thing to suggest because the feds are wrong all the time. This isn't minority report. But at the same time, if you're watching somebody get terrorized or like you have a weird guy at work who like you can just feel that something's wrong is going to happen. It's really not that out of this world that you're sitting there and you're going, damn, we should be able to do something about this. Something bad is going to happen. But we have to just sit here and watch it happen because nobody will stop it. So, yeah, from that perspective, from the perspective of one of the parents of the victims in Parkland. Yeah, I'm sure that they were angry and they wish that somebody could have picked that kid up because they all knew that there was something up with them. Yeah, that's why emotions are not good for legislation. Yeah, not good for legislation and not good for ascribing morality to things. Because our emotions fix us in one perspective and stop us from being able to question that. It gives us the excuse to say our gut reaction is the correct reaction. Take, for instance, America's reaction after 9-11... Oof. You know, people were mad and there was no country to attack because it wasn't a country that attacked us. Well, we're, we're still going to go kick your ass because that's the American way. We're going to go kick somebody's fucking ass. Oh, Iraq has an ass <laughs> that we can kick. Let's go do it. <laughs> and they're brown. Close yeah, enough. The reaction to 9-11 was balls to the walls insane. It made no sense. Attacking Iraq because a extremist splinter cell of some terrorist organization did an attack on your soil that killed like several thousand people. The reaction is to start a like endless war that has taken the lives of millions. Yeah. From a consequentialist perspective... Pretty bad fucking trade-off, my guy. (laughs) Yeah, but that was an insane thing to do. But also, within the mindset of somebody who's being empathetic to the situation of literally every American, nobody who was alive during 9-11 can say, I don't know somebody or know somebody who had somebody die in that. We were all affected by that. Yeah. And so it was really easy for us to get pissed off right away because it was fresh, it was dramatic, And it could happen anywhere. I mean, I got pulled out of fucking school because my parents were worried about me. It didn't even make any fucking sense for me to get pulled out of school. No one's going to bomb a fucking private school in Chicago. But they're like, I want my family to be safe. I'm going to bring my (laughs) family home. People get real weird. Yeah, Yeah, it's the gut reaction. That doesn't mean it was the right reaction, though. There was no reason for them to believe that, like, you know... They're going to bomb the fucking school or some shit. It wasn't the right reaction for the purpose of keeping you safe. It was the right reaction to keep them from having a panic attack. Yeah, I'm not. Mom, I love you. And if I remember correctly, the school actually sent us home. I don't know. It it was probably the school. Because no parent wants to, like, leave work and go get their kid. That's just not a thing. 
Oh no, no my really my, my parents care. both worked downtown <laughs> in the tallest building in Chicago. They went home. Oh, <laughs> hell no! <laughs> <laughs> they, they went home. They were like they they had an actual real reason to leave. Oh, I mean, like to go get you. Oh, I'm like I'm like, on the yeah, way. They leave. I was on like... the way. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So basically, what you're saying is when when you encounter something that's very emotional that really can get hit you at your core then that can screw up the way that you that you can look at things and ascribe a a morality or form an opinion on the next step yeah of what should happen in response yeah we recognize that our emotions aren't always correct. Our emotional response, like, you know, the molestation victim saying it might have been my fault, that doesn't make any sense. Of course, it's not their fault. And if you're like a person with like real human emotion, you would never tell that person that they're right. This being said, if you were being super empathetic and this was the end all be all, if empathy was the only thing that mattered, your ability to mimic her thought process in this situation would be the thing that was being tested for and you'd have to come to the same exact fucking conclusion that she came from so then you'd sit there and say well maybe you could have worn jeans to that day <laughs> or sat on the other side of the train and oh you could have gotten off at the stop before that so the guy i didn't get next to you look at all the things that you did wrong what an idiot you are <laughs> like that's an, of course a really insane thing to say and you would never do that incredibly um, insane yes similarly 9-11 terrorist attack us let's go invade iraq what doesn't follow but we were very angry <laughs> i mean at first we invaded afghanistan yeah i mean we were very angry <laughs> we're very angry someone punched us in the nose yeah. I mean, it was really bad. We're, let's not. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I don't like, want to minimize the effects of 9-11. I'm just saying, in the grand scope of warfare, as you planet, are a consequentialist, in the grand scheme of things, that was not anywhere near the response that we gave. So, like, if you're matching energy, that was the Kamehameha in season one of Dragon Ball Z and, like, a spirit bomb. Wait, what? I don't really know Dragon Ball Z, but like it, like you got the big thing, the huge ball of energy, and it's just a little dude. It's just a little Kamehameha from like normal Goku. He ain't even gone Super Saiyan. It's hilarious listening to you explain Dragon Ball Z, but half remembering it. I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z in 20 years. <laughs> so we understand that uh, empathy is important and empathy is a part of the of the human mind and the and the emotional landscape it's it's incredibly useful in in many 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 situations but when you are trying to think about a reaction or a quote-unquote like what should i do relying on empathy is is a a very poor idea even if even if we're not, like, empathy just in general is your ability to feel somebody else's emotions. And that's fine and pretty good 
but also like we question our own emotional responses to things when we know that we're being irrational, it's really important for us to continue to reason through the things that we're feeling before we respond. That's part of humanity. We have our instincts, but we also have the distinct ability to confront those and to circumvent them when we know that they're incorrect or the consequences would lead us further away from what we want. We have the we have the ability to reason. Yeah. Say you're a married man and somebody like throws themselves at you and they got some big titties. I... Yeah, they got big titties and you want to to touch them, but but you can't. Oh my god, Nicole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We have the ability to fight our base instincts, and that's what defines our humanity. Yes. I'm done now. We agree way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On on this, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We agree on a lot. What's a topic that we disagree on? I want to have a conversation about that. Well, first we should have a... I shouldn't have to say this. I shouldn't have to say this, but... uh, Empathy. Mm hmm. <laughs> Don't base your life on it. Yup. <laughs> now is the time that we get to talk about happy things and things that are are brightening our day. How about we say that? Yeah. Nicole? Yeah. Brightening so, my day. What is making you happy today, Nicole? Rune Factory 4 Special came out on the uh, Switch yesterday. Rune Factory nice. is one of my favorite series. Rune Factory 4 is the best installment in the series to date. Um, it is like playing a 3DS game on your TV with the same amount of polygons, which is disgusting. But like, <laughs> other than that, the combat is really passable. And um, the farming gameplay is absolutely 100% my shit. Nice. I love it so much. What's nice. making you happy, genre? Um, well, uh, as of this recording, yesterday, the new season of Dragon Ball Fighters just came out. Whoop, whoop. And uh, the, a new fighter came out, uh, Kefla, which if anybody watches... Dragon Ball Super, uh, she's one of the main characters. And it's super fun. And I've been really wanting a new a new angle on the game to to because it's this fighting game that I play literally every day. I have like four thousand fights recorded on there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I every day. And the sad thing is that I'm middling but still (laughs) you know it's fun you know i and uh it's focusing so i really like playing it uh and this new character is really and these changes to the game have really breathed new life into into the game and really changed things so it it's it's fresher so that's really it's really great oh i love that for you friend Thank you. I love that you have like these video games that you can play that that you that you totally love. That's great. Mm-hmm. We're nerds. I'm jealous that you can play a game for like many years and still enjoy it. Yeah, seriously. I had to jump to a new game every. I have my. I have a um, zoomer sensibility about like how long <laughs> I want to pay attention to something. 
<laughs> I have a I have a Zenial? Zenial. <laughs> Jesus. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I'm directly in the middle. Um, but yeah, I play I play games until something shiny comes along, but then I go back and I play them and then I, you know, it gets very anyway. Thanks for listening to I Shouldn't Have to Say This. <laughs> if you want to learn more about today's topic, then we will have a few links in today's episode. Um, if you have any thoughts, opinions, suggestions, or complaints or anything, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us. Please follow us at Twitter uh, at saythiscast on Twitter. And guess what? If you want to listen to previous episodes, then surprise, surprise, saythiscast.com brand recognizability that's a word if you'd like to support the show we have a patreon that is patreon.com slash saythiscast if you want to uh, contribute one dollar a month uh, then that's great five dollars a month and you get to hear the episodes early Um, and going up in the ranks you can suggest topics We'll thank you at the end of every episode. Uh, stuff like that. So, patreon.com slash cast. Nicole, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades, and that is three as in the number. Don't spell it out. <laughs> you can find me online, press start lock on Twitter. Uh, and remember, follow uh, Say This Cast because sometimes we both of us go on that twitter and just start fights with people turn up (laughs) that's right and also uh every tuesday night at 11 p.m and every friday night at 3 p 3 p.m both est i do a political chat on twitch press start morlock on twitch come join the fun Come join the lockbox, which apparently is the the name for for everybody now. That makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> the lockbox? Mm-hmm. It's great fun. All of the music that we play, unless it says differently, is from Mustin. If you go to store.mustinenterprises.com, that is M-U-S-T-I-N enterprises.com, then you'll be able to purchase any of that music. It's all great. I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. And if you want to learn more about that and all of our great shows, then go to planetsidepodcasts.com. I'm so tired, I don't know what to do. Somebody told me that you were tired too, so maybe we can have a quarantine. Okay, let's try it together. Ready? Go. I'm so tired. I don't know what to do. Somebody so told me that you were tired too. So maybe we can have a quarantine. Do, 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 you do, can do, have a quarantine. Do, 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 do. <laughs>